Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and we are back at it. Back at it yet again. We're going to be talking Jets today, man. We got a, quite a bit to talk about. We're going to be covering the Jets linebacker position. We're also going to talk about Marcus May, man. July 15th coming up. We're still waiting to see what's going on with the Jets, and hopefully they'll be able to get something done with him. We're going to get into a lot of stuff. So listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get into the show. I am fired up. I'm fired up, all right? Listen, you can go on iTunes as well. You can check my show out there as well. The uh, the audio's there, too. Uh, search The Long Beach Joe Show on iTunes. I'm on Blog Talk Radio as well, uh, The Long Beach Joe Show. Uh, for those of you that want to catch the show live while I stream it, because I do stream it as well, for those of you that listen just to the audio portion, I also live stream the show, too. We have a great live stream set up over here. You can go to Long Beach Joe Jets. Again, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe. Turn on your notifications. Give my videos a thumbs up. I do all kind of content over there as well. Uh, about the New York Jets. We also game on the channel, too. We have a lot of fun, a lot of fun. We enjoy ourselves over here. So if you want to check out the live stream, you want to check out other content I do as well, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Again, I'm on Twitter as well, YoungJ000. You can catch the show's page, too, on the Long Beach Joe. You know what I'm saying? We're everywhere. So please, check it out, check it out, check it out. So we've got quite a bit to get into today. Uh, man, so much going on with the Jets, uh, so many questions, so many things we want to touch on and talk about with this roster that's changed quite a bit, you know, especially since we brought in our new staff, Robert Sulla, and new defensive coordinator, and, you know, all the things that we have going on. But before we get into that, as everyone knows, I'm a fan, a big fan of New York Jets, but I'm from California, you know. I grew up on the West Coast, the best coast, <laughs> you know. Uh, and this is, you know, this is this is where I call home. This is what it is. Um, and even where I live, you know, I've been able to connect with other Jets fans. I've been able to sit back and have fun and watch games with my brothers and sisters in green. And, you know, I've been able, been able to meet Jets fans from all across the country, visiting or even when I would go to games, I would go. You know, I've been to games in Texas and all kinds of things. And I've been able to meet fans that love the team just as much as I love the team, that love the team that are, you know, just as much as people that are from, you know, New York or, or Jersey, you know. And I've had so much fun. And so it's always fun to connect with Jets fans from across the country. And so today I want to bring on, Mr. Bob Gage from the Orange County Jets fan, and I want to talk to him about what his Jets fan club does and how much fun that they have together, and I want him to share some stories with us. So I want to welcome Mr. Bob Gage. Bob, I want to thank you for coming on today. How are you doing today, my friend? Hey, Joe, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can. I can hear you great, Bob. I okay. You, great. You, know, you know, I wasn't sure with Long Beach, Joe, if it was Long Beach, New York, or Long Beach, California. And I actually was assuming it was New York, but uh, oh, no. you're out here on the West Coast with me, which is always good. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, man. It's always great. You know, again, the weather's good over here. We have such a great time. It's a beautiful place. You know what I'm saying? Cali's a beautiful place. But 
I, it I is, a, it is a beautiful place, yes. Absolutely. And I, I want to get started with you, Bob, because I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you about your fandom and everything that, you know, you do that's connected with the fan club and how you guys, you know, just cheer for the Jets, you know, every single day, every single time. But I want to start off by saying, by asking, what made you a fan of the New York Jets, my friend? Well, that, that's a real good question, and I actually thought about giving you the, the, the best answer I could. First of all, um, even though I've been out in California for the better part of over 40 years, um, I grew up in Greenwich Village, and I'm old enough to remember Super Bowl three. so I go back to even before uh, the Jets won the Super Bowl, and I, I think I became a fan. Um, I was coming back from the 1965 World's Fair, and Ooh. I think I was five or six years old at the time. I was with my aunt. It was the next to last day of the World's Fair. The Jets happened to have been playing a Saturday night game at Shea Stadium against the Oakland Raiders, which I've later verified on, on pro football reference. Uh, but, you know, if you, people that remember Shea Stadium, um, there were several areas from the subway platform where you had a glimpse of the field. And I can remember sitting there, seeing all these people watching what obviously looked like a game going on there. And, of course, I asked my aunt, I said, well, the Mets are – the season's over – What's going on there? She goes, oh, that's the football team. That's the Jets. Went, oh, the mm. Jets. Hmm. How, how clever is that? So I, it, it goes back to there, but the, so the reality is I grew up a Yankee fan. My dad was a big Yankee fan. You'd think I would root for the Giants, but the Jets were good when I was a kid. I liked the name. I liked the colors. Uh, I started going to Jets games in 1969, the year after they won the Super Bowl. I was actually at the, um, uh, the playoff game against the Chiefs. Uh, where they lost 13 to six, and and from then on, uh, I've been a diehard fan. In, in '72, my family decided to relocate to California, which, and the first thing I thought it was, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to go to Jets games anymore. But uh, we did find some solace in going down to San Diego um, when they've been playing down there, and uh, kind of that's where a lot of this OC Jet fan thing started. I think, Joe, back in uh, 2003, there was uh, the Jets were playing the Chargers. Um, at Qualcomm Stadium, the game, I think they ended up winning something like 45, 44 to 17. They're a big underdog in that mm-hmm. game, and they just kicked the butt out of them. But we had a big tailgate party that we arranged through JetsInsider.com, um, uh, a site started by a guy named Sean Deacon, who some of you, some of the people listeners may be familiar with. Um, he organized it. About 20, 30 of us came there. And from there, we met a bunch of other Jet fans, and we decided to kind of organize to go to different bars uh, throughout Southern California. Um, we ended up, uh, for the most part, going to a place in Long Beach called the Green Dog, which doesn't exist. The owner was a huge Jets fan. Yes. They had a, a whole room. Yep. Did, did you go to? Did you go to that bar? Yes, I did. Yes, I did, Bob. Once you said that Green Dog, I said, "Oh yes, I remember that." Yes, that's where I met a lot of other Jets fans as well. The Green Dog in Long Beach. But go ahead, you're, you're telling a great, great story. So yeah, actually, it ran into a, a kid, a guy from my old neighborhood, believe it or not, down in the village, <laughs> which was very odd. Who was there? But anyway, the bar no longer exists. So from then on, um, the group kind of took a different, uh, a different approach. Uh, technology um, came up, and now we have shows like yours and Instagram and Facebook. So um, we we've settled on a few different bars over the years. Right now, we're over at the Block of Orange at uh, Dave and Buster's. Uh, uh, Mario Leone, who actually runs the group, did a good job. They actually contacted him and knew we had a, a pretty strong group of anywhere from 20 to 30 Jet fans every week. So they offered us a deal to uh, relocate from, um, I guess we were at Hooters and Costa Mesa at the time, over to the Block of Orange, um, which for those of you not geographically familiar with Southern California, we're right really close to Angel Stadium. 
So mm-hmm. we went there. They gave us our own room. We actually even get game cards, which is cool because a lot of people bring their kids. Kids don't always want to watch football, so they go off and play games while everyone watches them, <clears throat> watches the watches the football. But um, essentially, it's been a group that's been together really going back to 1996. And we've uh, had different mm-hmm. forms over the years. And even right now, um, uh, other than last year during the pandemic, uh, win or lose, we, um, we get a decent crowd. And there's always new people showing up. Um, OC Jet fans has got a Facebook page and an Instagram page, so people find us. And, uh, you know, you know the deal. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're out here on the West Coast. There's a lot of Niner, Raider, and Ram fans and everything. But we've got our own group because uh, one thing you know, if you're from New York, and you're a sports fan, you typically do not lose your allegiances if you relocate to any other parts of the country. And a lot of people from New York out here, all you got to do is go to a Yankee game at Angel Stadium. You can hear that. But even in San Diego when the Jets play, we always were well represented. And uh, right now all it takes is for us to have a pretty decent team, and we'll get everybody excited about the Jets again. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, Bob, when you when you brought up the Green Dog, I always talk to people about that. And people go, "What are you? So what are you talking about? You know, because the the bar has closed." But that's where I met so many other Jets fans. You know, in my local area, I was you know constantly going there and just enjoying games. And, you know, just chilling and and it was just so fun to have you know fans that were just like myself that loved the Jets, that loved the Green, being able to sit there and just cheer on the team with them. And again, it's so great to hear about what you're doing with your fan club, you know, out there in the OC and how you folks are meeting up at the Dave and Busters and have a great time. I'm looking in the chat right now. There's people, you know, that are in your local area. They're saying, Hey, I'm going out there you know, to hang out with the OC Jets club because I'm not that far from there. So it's always great again to hear about how you're connecting there. Now you touched on it a little bit as well. My next question for you, when you talked about, you know, the Niners fans and the Raiders fans and the Chargers fans, can you please break down to people what it's like being a Jet fan in your local area. What is it like being around all these Raiders fans that are so cocky, and even these Niners fans that are just so full of themselves constantly? Because I get it all the time when I'm wearing my Jets jersey. People are trying to, you know, talk to me and tell me how, you know, this team's better than my team and that team's better than my team. Tell me what it's like in your local area being a fan. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've always looked at, at being a Jets fan. It's kind of like it's a secret society. You know, I mean, I, I run into a lot of people, a lot of people that are not from New York that are Jets fans, which I always thought was quite interesting because, you know, the Jets are not the Yankees. You know, the Yankees have a national following. You go to Angel Stadium when the Yankees are playing, you'll run into a guy. Yeah, maybe that guy's from Jersey. You know, maybe he's from Milwaukee. You know, you don't know. Uh, but yeah. overall, you know, because we haven't had football here for 20 years, um, I would say that a you know, the fans have been always split up in Southern California. Uh, you know, the Raider fans established a fan base in the 80s when they moved here, but then they left. There's still people that root for the Raiders. But honestly, I think most of those people just like the jerseys and the logo. You know, they're not yeah. real football fans. Um, the Niners have a lot of fans, uh, maybe as many as the Raider fans. And, of course, the Rams have always been here, uh, uh, you know, for many, many years. And actually, quite honestly, I actually like the Rams a little bit as a local team. Uh, not that I'm a Rams fan, but my wife is, and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, we like to go to games just to see to see football. But um, it, it, with the Jets, if the Jets really good, like really good, and were the, you know the way the Patriots got good, or the way the Warriors got good in basketball overnight, you would see a lot of people root for them because a the nickname is cool, the colors have always been cool, New York is a cool place, and they do have a pretty good history. So. Um, 
you know, overall, we, we stand our own. You know, I'll wear my Jets gear. Most people, most people don't say anything to me. I mean, when you go to – when you're, we're traveling, going to the game, we always are well-represented. And as long as we're well-behaved, everything works out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I hear you there, Bob. Now, listen, we, we talked about your club, you know, everything that you folks are doing there. But I want to talk to you just a little bit about this team, man, because let me tell you something. There's been quite a bit of changes made it, made to this roster. We all know we've got a new head coach. Our general manager, Joe Douglas, is constantly moving and shaking and making things happen. Give me your thoughts about this past draft. What is your favorite player from this past draft that's been brought into the New York Jets roster? Elijah Moore, the wide receiver. Um, oh. uh, it's been a while since we really had a top-flight wide receiver like that. And if you look at the film of this kid at Ole Miss, he's just special. So they were really lucky they got him. Um, you know, I'm going to be patient. You know, I've been with the Jets a long time. Again, I remember them winning. I'm one of the few people. I'm not, I think I'm the only person in our group that remembers them winning the Super Bowl. I was 11 at the time. But, but I'm going to be patient with Joe. I like what they're doing. I like the fact that they're building the team from the ground up, from the inside out. Uh, the Tannenbaum regime tried to do it with free agents. Hey, it almost worked, but it didn't work. Now let's get some people in there that are good football people with a good pedigree, with a good resume. I'm going to be patient. I like the draft. As far as Zach Wilson goes, I mean, I really don't know. He looks like he can wing the ball, but it's impossible to know how these people are going to turn out. I'm just going to trust the process. I'm going to trust Joe Douglas. And, uh, I, you know, I'm optimistic every year. There's no reason to be pessimistic for any team. Any team can make the playoffs every year, any team in the league. The turnover in the NFL is just that. And I've seen teams in the past do this. Other teams, Jet teams, have gone into the season looking like they weren't going to be very good. The 2006 team comes to, to mind uh, with Chad Pennington where they were supposed to be pretty bad. They ended up winning, I think, 10 games, 11 games, and ended up losing a wild card game. So, you know, I like what they're doing. I know you're talking about you're going to talk about the linebackers later, and I'm going to listen. C.J. Mosley played, what, one half of the game really well and yeah, hasn't played since. He'll be back. Um, I, I'm just optimistic that they've got young people and they've got a front office that finally looks like they've got a plan and looks like they finally know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And so my final question for you, Bob, because you're really bringing the fire so far, is what are your thoughts about some of the free agency moves? Um, you know, Corey Davis, Carl Lawson. What, what do you think about some of the guys that we signed in the offseason that come in and really help booster and, and better this roster? I, I like what they did. And what Joe Douglas does is he builds depth through free agency. He doesn't go out and get the stars. Corey Davis, good wide receiver, not the most flashiest. So, so that's their approach, and I'll buy into that right now, is that the free agency they signed were all good players, not break the bank, you know, I regret giving this guy money three years from now players. You follow me on, that, yeah. on, on how, yeah. how they're looking at that? Yeah, absolutely, and I completely agree because, like you said as well, Corey Davis, great wide receiver, but he's not, like you said, Joe Douglas is not drastically overspending because that's what we've seen in the past. Mike McCagnan was ridiculous with that. We we saw contracts like the one we gave Tremaine Johnson haunt us for years, other guys that we signed, you know, even the the Le'Veon Bell signing, you know, and I mean, I loved Le'Veon Bell, but – when you looked at the, the fit with the coaching, there was just major issues there that could have been avoided had we had a better general manager. And we're not even talking about the horrific drafting that Mike McCagney was doing as well, pretty much busting out a bunch of, you know, mid rounds of draft. Honestly, he busted out a whole draft, his first draft when he first got here. Those guys were gone within, you know, two years, three years 
uh, you know, of being here. So we never really got any from those drafts. So, yeah, I completely agree with you, Bob, man. You really brought the fire there. So before I let you go, man, go ahead and give my audience, uh, you know, all of your tags, all your social media, uh, you know, tags where they can find you folks and give them the address again to where you folks hang out and watch the games together so that if anyone is in your local area, they'll be able to come by and be able to chill with you people. Yeah, OC Jet fans. Uh, there's an Instagram page, there's a Facebook page. Uh, pretty easy to find. The people have found us without, you know, like the radio show you have. So and people just look and they show. We had a guy show up from Atlanta one time. He says, "Hey, I'm here. I'm business." I wanted to find out if there's anywhere to watch the Jets, and boom, I found you guys. And you ended up in a photo with us. So that was all cool. Well, OC Jet fans, again, we're at um, the Block of Orange, which again is near Angel Stadium. Uh, in Orange County, California. Um, it is Dave and Buster's. We are there for every Jets game. Last year, of course, was a completely different scenario. I actually got Sunday ticket last year and didn't leave the house. But this year we'll be back out again. Um, we do the Jets chant. I actually lead the Jets chant. Um, I met uh, Fireman Ed Anzalone, I don't know, about mm. 10 years ago, one of the tailgate parties back east, and got a chance to talk with him a little bit. And at the end of the game, when we win, we get together and we do what all the players do. We put our uh, hands together and we go, and the home of the Jets. So it's a lot of fun. It's a good group. Come on out. Um, you know, there's all the games going on, too. So, I mean, if you it, you know, we bring friends in that aren't Jets fans. Hey, they can watch their, their game on the other TV. Bring your kids. You'll get a game card. You can play over in the gaming room. And, uh, you know, hopefully this year we're, I'm looking forward to it. Plus, I'm also looking forward. I think I'm going to get back uh, in December and see the Eagles game this year. I usually go back once a year to see a game. And, uh, of course, last year, I, nobody saw any game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, last year, it was, you know, all the things that we had going on, it was really tough. But listen, Bob, I want to thank you again for coming on, man. It was phenomenal to speak with you. You know, you guys out there in the OC, you guys are doing your thing, saluting your green, and I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, just hearing about people coming together, no matter where they're from, or even, like you said, with guys coming from out of town that are, you know, running into the Jets Club as well, be able to sit down and sit down with fellow fans of this football team and be able to cheer them on together. I absolutely love that, Bob. So, listen, I want to thank you for coming on, Bob, and I want you to have a good night, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, you know, I haven't done sports radio in a while, so it's always fun to get on the radio, and it's more fun to talk about my favorite team, the New York Jets. Absolutely, absolutely. You have a good one, Bob. Take care, bud. All right. Listen, Bob coming on, if you're out there in the OC or if you're just, you know, on business or you're just having fun and you actually end up in Orange County in, in California, please go down there and, you know, meet up with the OC Jazz Fan Club. That's a phenomenal club. They do a lot of great things like you heard about, you know, from Bob, man. Uh, they're just doing great things down there, connecting with each other, and cheering this team on, you know, throughout the good and the bad. Yes, yeah, salutes, man. I always love that. I love, just love hearing about, you know, fans from all kinds of different places connecting. Because, again, I'm a Jets fan, and I'm from Long Beach, California. You know, Long Beach Joe, that's where the name comes from. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's always great for me to connect with other fans. I've met fans from all over the place, fans, Jets fans from – you know, Florida Jets fans from from Texas, Jets fans from, you know, Oregon, all over the place. And we just were all able to sit down and really, you know, connect and talk about the football team and just give opinions left and right about what we thought about the team. So it's always good to hear from fan clubs, you know, just connecting people. So 
With that said, and now put to the side now, and again, I want to thank Bob Gage for coming on. Listen, it's time to talk about this New York Jets linebacker position. I also want to talk to you folks today about Marcus May as well. I'm really hoping the Jets were able to get a deal done with him. But you look at this Jets linebacker position, and there's, there's some questions there. And I think that this is a position that a lot of people aren't necessarily talking about as much as they should be. Uh, for me, the number one question is, where is C.J. Mosley going to be at this point, okay? We know that he's out there. Um, he said that he's healthy. We've heard a lot of things from him talking about how, hey, you know, I'm back. I've got a chip on my shoulder. You know, I haven't played in, in pretty much pretty much two seasons. You know, I haven't played much. And I'm ready to go out there and prove to people, you know, what, prove to people what I'm about. Show people how I can handle business out there. Show them why the New York Jets paid me, signed me, and brought me in here. Now, there's been a lot of frustration from this fan base, a lot. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've, I've heard it, all right? I've heard it. Everyone knows. You know, I've been running the show for quite a bit. And I remember this past offseason, there were people, you know, talking about getting rid of CJ. There were people talking about trading him before the offseason. I had fans calling in saying, listen, it's time to move on from this guy. There were fans that were extremely frustrated. He's only played two games in two years. We haven't seen much out of him. There were people frustrated when he, you know, decided to opt out. Uh, you know, so you look at this situation now, and you've got to hope that C.J. Mosley, when he gets out there week one, that we're seeing a guy that can come in and have immediate impact. Because when we saw that game, that, that first game that C.J. Mosley played against the Bills, he was phenomenal. And we also saw that when C.J. Mosley exited that field with the injury, with that, that hamstring injury, we saw how this defense went downhill after he left. And there was major issues. We ended up losing that game. And even when he came back, you know, during the season uh, for that one game that he came back in, he was not fully healthy at all. Uh, he was limping around out there. You could see that he was hampered big time by the injury, and he was just he just did not play well whatsoever. He should not have been out there. So when you look at the situation now, if Mosley can come in and have an impact, have the type of impact that we all think that he can have fully healthy, this defense is going to be something else to deal with. It truly, truly is, bro. With the type of – type of talent that C.J. Mosley has added to, you know, what our defensive front can do and all the other pieces that we have, man, it's going to do nothing but bode well, especially when you have a coach like Robert Sulla. When you have Sulla out there running this defense, when you have him out there doing his thing, again, with Jeff Albrecht as well, that's our defensive coordinator. So when you have this guy out there scheming up, we've seen what Sulla was able to do with the Niners with backers. We saw him take linebackers that people were thought were, uh, you know, this guy's all right. Uh, he'll be okay. You know, he's not really that good. And we saw him work with guys and turn them into really good linebackers in this league. Hell, we saw him take guys. We saw him take a Niners defense that was had a ton of injuries on it and still be able to make it a functional defense, a defense that was able to continue to churn out production and that was extremely solid. They – Beat the crap out of us that was it last year? Beat the crap out of us with a defense that had tons of injuries on it. You know, so CJ Mosley is going to be a huge piece to this defense. And if he can come in and be solid and be fully healthy, oh man, I'm telling you, this Jets defense is going to be something else, man. Something else. So we're going to be talking about that tonight. Again, the lines are open 515 Six zero two nine six three nine. Call in. The lines are open. We're getting into everybody. I want to say this before we get to the lines. Just a second. Everyone knows I love Marcus May. 
<laughs> okay? I mean, come on. Uh, you know. <laughs> Everyone knows I love Marcus May. I'm a very objective Jets fan, though. I keep it 100% real. I think Marcus May is a phenomenal player. I think he's one of the best players on our defense. I think he's a phenomenal face. I think he's one of the best safeties in the league. I'm really hoping that the New York Jets will be able to get something done before July 15th. For those of you that don't know, Marcus May, you know, there were some issues with contract, uh, you know, trying to get an extension for him coming into, you know, this, this past offseason. Wasn't able to get the deal, you know, done. They ended up franchising Marcus May. Marcus May's agent really went off on social media. A lot of people wanted him to kind of quiet down. But, uh, you know, things got worked out to the point where Marcus May signed the franchise tag, so he's going to be here under the franchise tag. He's making somewhere, I think, in 11 or $10 million as of right now. So they're trying to work out a contract, and we've even heard Sala talk about it, about, you know, how they're going to continue to try to work through it, and they're excited to work through it. But there's been a lot of reports as well that him and the Jets are, you know, kind of far apart on what they think, you know, the contract should be. They have the July 15th to work on the contract after that. You know, that's the deadline. After that, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen going into next year's free agency. And so I'm really hoping that the Jets will be able to get a deal done because it will go a long way. It will say a lot of things not just to the fan base, but it will say a lot of things to the franchise in the locker room, right? The Jets have always had issues being able to keep their own. That's always been an issue here. Uh, players that really showed out and showed up for us often would walk away and have some of their best years with other teams, uh, we've had issues just making sure that we can keep homegrown talent in the building. That's been a big problem with the New York Jets. Um, so if you're able to get a deal done with Marcus May, what it shows, you know, the, what it shows the fan base and the franchise is, hey, this is a different time. This is a different day. The New York Jets will keep players that go to the wall for it. The New York Jets will keep players that turn up, that show up and show out, you know, if we draft you. We're going to keep our own homegrown talent. But it also shows the locker room that, listen, if you come in, if the New York Jets get you, and you come in and you go to the wall for us and you give us everything that you have and you become one of the better players, not only in this league, not only but on this team, then you will be rewarded for that. And we've, we've, talked, we've heard from Sulla, you know, constantly say that, that he wants to put guys in the best positions to be able to make plays and make as much money as possible. You know, so – that's going to be huge, and I, I want to hear from the from the uh, from the callers tonight. I want to hear about that as well, but I'm really hoping that the New York Jets are able to get a deal done with him because let me, let me tell you something. Marcus May's versatility is unbelievable. This is a guy that can do everything for you defensively. He's great in coverage. He can come up to the box and make plays as well within the run game. We've seen him do that. We've seen him completely blow teams up, you know, coming down and on blitzes, all kinds of things. So. And he's going to be instrumental as well, you know, this season too. We saw him be instrumental last year as well. When our coverage was spotty at times because we had issues at corner, he was the guy back there playing that roaming safety look so that guys wouldn't, you know, be blowing past our corners. And honestly, when you look at our cornerback position this year, unless we get some guy out of nowhere, we're still kind of having those questions. And I think we'll see Marcus May continue to be able to do his thing out there in coverage and be utilized in other spots. There was even talks about him possibly coming up and filling that strong safety role at times, again, within his versatile, within his versatile repertoire, be able to come up and uh, do different things within the defense that we have, you know, now with the scheme. So there's a lot to talk about. 
again, this defense is switched to from a 3-4 to a 4-3. So there's going to be, you know, a lot of different kind of scheme fits going on, too. We're going to talk about it all tonight. We're talking about C.J. Mosley, Marcus May. I want to talk to you folks about Cashman as well, that weak side linebacker position. Is it all his? You know, is he a guy that you could pin in as a, pin in as a starter? I want to talk about it. So we're going to get to these lines again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in right now. I want to talk to everybody. So we're going to get to it. So first call I'm going to go to right now, 732-732. I'm coming directly to you. First off, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. It's always phenomenal to speak to you. Listen, 732, give me your thoughts about C.J. Mosley. What are your expectations out of him this year? What's up, Joe? How you doing? I think the last time we spoke was uh, one of those December games at the end of the Gates era, so – Happy to talk on better seasons. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, first off, again, I want to thank you for calling in. Look, we put that behind us. <laughs> okay. that, that was – if oh we can get God. through that, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, anytime there's a mention of Adam Gaze on this show, it's a <laughs> That was a car crash. That is that entire season last season was a car crash. He, get it, get oh, it to him again. Listen, keep your hands on the wheel. Keep your hands on the wheel, yes, my sir. man. All right? That, that time is done. <laughs> yes, okay? He's gone. We got Sulla now. Things are changing. All right? <laughs> Give me your yep. thoughts about this situation, man. What are your thoughts? When you look at this Jets defense, when you look at this linebacker position, C.J. Mosley is a big name. People are constantly talking about him. They're saying, look, things need to change. We need to see more out of this guy. What are your uh, expectations of him this season, man? I'm expecting C.J. to be – I'd say at least 80% of the player he was in his prime, if not more. Like I, That's what I'm saying, at least 80%. Because people forget before he even came to the Jets, he was an all-pro, I think, even since he was a rookie in the league. And I think he was you know, he was a pro bowler every league, year in the league. And he was a pro bowler twice. And we all know how dominant he was the first three quarters of the year. But this is like one of the best linebackers in football. I even said before the 2019 year started that I thought he was the best pickup of the entire offseason, which – I guess I was right for three quarters, and then that went downhill. But I especially think in the Robert Sala system and what Olberg's going to be calling plays for, they they keep saying it doesn't matter what the scheme is. He's just that intelligent. He's a leader on the field. He's going to be the quarterback in the defense. He's going to help the young guys out. I think he's so valuable. He's not worth $17 million. I don't think any linebacker in the league is. I think $15 million would have been a little better, but McCagnan bids against himself like every other contract he negotiates. But. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, listen. I mean, he was he was paid quite a bit. <laughs> okay, he was paid quite a lot. Oh, yeah. there was a, dude, there was a lot of questions. I'm, you know, there was a lot of people saying, "Hey, you know, what's going on? Why do we pay this linebacker so much?" Um, but like you said, when you watch that Bills game, dude, he was phenomenal, phenomenal. But ever since then, because again, two games, two years, there's been a lot of people going off about it, and I'm hoping to really see him turn things around this season, especially again with the way that he's talking right now. He's he's coming in. He's fired up. He want he's he's hearing it from everywhere. He's heard the things that people have been saying. He's he talked about it, and he's looking to show people. Listen, this is why the Jets paid me. This is I'm going to come in and I'm going to show you folks about what I'm about. The true CJ Mosley. I'm about to show you. And he's talked about he's fully healthy and he's ready to go, man. But when you look at this linebacking core as well, because again we're looking to see what CJ Mosley has. I'm looking around, and there's some names. You know, there's some different guys. You look at a guy like Gerard Davis, a guy that we, you know, picked up, 
what are your expectations from him? Because, again, we're switching from a 3-4 to a 4-3. We've got some new guys in. He's one of the new guys. Do you think that this is a guy that can make an impact as well within this 4-3 defense? I certainly think so, and this guy was a first-round pick when he was drafted. Mm -hmm. They say he was never utilized correctly in Detroit. I think outside of his rookie year, whenever Patricia took over, he was placed out of position. And we know Matt Matt Patricia is the Adam Gase of uh, defensive-minded coaches. He he was easily as bad as Adam. Well, no, Gase was worse, but you you got what I mean. He was probably the second-worst coach in the entire league. Um, There's so much – there's so much film out there, and he has so much potential. Like He was one of the highest-rated linebackers coming out of college in that draft. Um, so I, I, I think the potential is there. I mean, I, I think his mindset is good. He has that all-gas, no-break uh, mentality. So I think, you know, the linebacker group is young, and he's still pretty young, but at least he has some reps under his belt, and he's supposed to be going back in the position that he's been groomed for. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and and you, you brought up a lot of the points that I was going to say as well. Here's a guy that a lot of people are saying, hey, he hasn't been utilized correctly. You haven't seen the best of his skill set yet. And if there's anything that we know or anything that we've heard about, one of the big things about Sully is he's a guy that can find what a guy does well and utilize that effectively within his scheme. And I've talked about it. You know, again, I'm on the West Coast. I am forced to watch the Niners on a weekly basis. Let me tell you something. It is Horrific. I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand it. They, they force Garoppolo is not a fun quarterback to watch. Yeah, you know, I got to watch these guys. It, it is, it's, it's, it's not good. You know, I don't want to see anything that's not green and white, okay? But I'm forced to watch these guys on a weekly basis. So I watched <laughs> Sulla utilize these guys in his scheme last season, guys that a lot of people really thought, uh, He's not really that good. Ah, he's average. He's not really going to do anything. And he was able to put these dudes in positions to truly make plays and and play them at their high and play to their highest of potential. So I'm excited to see what he does with Davis as well. Now, my final question before I let you go, man, because these lines are hot. I'm going to make sure that I get to everybody tonight. Is what are your thoughts about this situation with Marcus May, man? Do you think? that the New York Jets will be able to get a deal done with him before that July 15th deadline? It's going to be close. I'd say if they do, it's going to come down to, like, the final three days because I think the longer he sits, I think the longer the Jets have leverage because he's going to be on the roster regardless this year. Um, and he signed the tag. He's not going to hold out. He already showed up the mini camp. So I think there's a chance, and I actually do believe that he will be the first Jet player in a long time that's been homegrown that will get an extension. What, like, who was the last Jet player that got an extension? Mark, Mark Sanchez, which was uh, – that was a disaster. Uh, like, the last couple years of Mark was a disaster. I don't know why we extended so quick. But I think he was the last homegrown guy that we extended, if I remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, we definitely got a deal done for uh, – for, um, uh, Oh, Mohamed Wilkinson. Yeah, we, we definitely yeah. got a deal done for Wilkerson as well. But like you said, you know, you want to make sure you get the right guys in and sign the right guys. And when you look at Marcus May, he checks every pretty much, you know, Did you see every uh, the numbers box. that came out today? Like they say the Jets, um, according to a source, believe he's like 11 to 12. But Marcus May's mm-hmm. camp is preaching for 14 and a half. And no offense, love Marcus May as much as you do. But 14 and a half mil, probably not going to do it, uh, especially since – he came out of the league late in his like yeah, as an age, so he's 20 years old um, in his fifth year. So I, I would probably give him three years for 36 with like 28 million guaranteed or something like that. That's just that's my evaluation. I don't know what your thoughts are, but that, that's that's the range I would probably pay him. 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I was a, I'm a big I was a big guy on eleven to twelve million. I might I might move to thirteen. I'd have no issues with that. But again, you got to think too. A lot of this is posturing. A lot of it is doing whatever you can to get the most that you can. So maybe they could settle at thirteen. I wouldn't necessarily knock that. You know, that's a solid sign. Especially yeah. again for a guy that's been so versatile and a guy that's been you know so instrumental within your locker room too. You got to think this guy's a team captain as well. This guy's a guy that, you know, a lot of people follow, a lot of guys follow, a lot of guys look to for leadership. And not just that. It's not just the leadership because, you know, we always hear that, oh, well, you know, that's worth just leadership. No, it's not just leadership with him. You get to play as well. This is a guy that's a really oh, good yeah. safety, one of the better safeties in the oh. league. You know what I'm saying? He's not just, oh, he's, yeah. well, he's good on the Jets roster. No, he's, you look at the numbers, you look at the cover, you look at the rankings, you look at all that stuff. Dude, he's good league-wide. But, man, oh, I'm telling you, I'm more, uh, you be able to more quick topic. And one more quick thing before, uh, before I go. Um, is, does it drive you crazy that the national media and the national perspective of the Jets is still insanely negative? Like Adam Gates is still Adam Gates is still the coach. It's like they've ignored they've ignored <laughs> everything they everything we've done this offseason. They seem to ignore. They yeah. act like we're the exact same yeah. team. I'm like, how can yeah. how can anyone think that we're still going to be like a bottom three team in the league? Like I. We could literally quadruple our wins total from from two to eight, or I'd say probably eight to ten after the uh, Morgan Moses signing. I think defense the only weakness is probably corner, but it's a zone scheme with a heavy pass rush, so that should help compensate some of it. The linebackers are a question yeah. mark, but Salah had a top fifteen defense in San Francisco last year with all the injuries on the defensive line and a bunch of random linebackers, as you mentioned before. I think the only really big weakness on offense is probably tight end. I mean. The running back by committee approach, I think, is going to be great with the guys we have. Wide receivers, I think, are the most stacked we've had since 2015. Um, yeah. I don't think the team is that bad. Like, I think 2022 should be a, a playoff expected year. This year, we'll see what happens. I think we just need growth and potential to see. But I think 2022 is realistic to assume playoffs going into the year. Yeah, well, you know, here's the, here's the thing, and, uh, you know, before I let you go. But here's, here's the thing, is that when you look at this situation here, negativity often drives clicks. You know, within this fan base, uh-huh. Dolphin drives click to New York. You know, and I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, but, again, you could look at the things that we've had going on in the past with our beat, guys with anonymous sources, you know, people saying things that don't make much sense when you look at the production out on the field. Like you said, this is a new time and a new day. The Jets have turned a corner. The Jets are in a different place. Mm-hmm. This is not Mike McCagnan. He's not here anymore. This is not Todd Bowles. He's gone. Adam Gaze has been gone. Why do we consistently bring those guys up? Because the more negative you are about the New York Jets, the more the you more can clicks. just kick out the – yeah, exactly. The same old spiel, the more clicks you get. But this is a different like day and different time. Joe Douglas yeah, yeah. is in the building. Like, no one's talking about Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, it got Trevor Lawrence. But did they mention Urban Meyer already had to fire a coach within the first two weeks he was hired? Why did you draft the running okay. back in the first round when you won one game last year and you had a rookie that had 1,000 yards rushing last year? instead of improving the line, the defense, anything. I don't think Jacksonville is set up for success at all, to be honest with you, but the media won't talk about them because they're in Jacksonville and we're in New York. So, Exactly, exactly. And that's what it is here. Take so care, listen, i got to get to these lines, man. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. You have yourself a good one. Listen, I'm telling you, he just, he just hit the nail on the head. That was a phenomenal call. Listen, no matter how good the Jets are or what's going on, I'm telling you, you're always going to get negativity out of, especially the national media. 
they're always going to bash the New York Jets. It's always going to be the Jets are trash. It's always going to be, well, the Jets are only going to win one game or two games this year. Whoever we draft, oh, yeah, he for sure is going to be a bust. It's going to, you're going to constantly get that. That's just how it works with a lot of people here. That's just how it works with a lot of national media and even some people within our beat as well. We've made positive moves, and I've read stuff from the beat, and they're still talking about, yeah, well, but what about this or what about that? You know, it's like, well, listen, we're coming out of a situation where we had a general manager pretty much ruin this roster. Our new general manager is trying to put things together and get things going. He's not going to fix everything in one year. But if you look at what this guy has done, if you look at what Joe Douglas has done within free agency, within the draft, it's to be commended. This guy has really turned this team around, you know? He's had two drafts here. He's done pretty damn good. So, you know, it is what it is. But I'm not here to continue to speak on negativity. I'm all positive. I'm all Jets all the time. And I'm excited about our direction. So we're going to keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in. We got callers. Please be patient. We will get to everybody. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to keep getting to these lines. I'm going to go to Chris, my guy Chris. I'm coming directly to you, Chris. We're, we're, talking, we're talking Jets tonight, Chris. We're talking everything. Give me your thoughts on C.J. Mosley going into this season. How do you feel about him, and what are your expectations of him? Out of, out, what are your expectations out of him coming into this season, man? I've always said C.J. Mosley's a baller. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Brian Urlacher. He, he knows defenses. He can read defenses. I'm not worried about C.J. Mosley on this defense at all. Okay. Okay, so how many tackles do you think he has this season, my friend? Oh, I think C.J. Mosley has an all-pro season. This guy knows – this guy's a real uh, linebacker. This guy knows defenses. He's captain of the defense. He's – I mean, if you could see what he did with a pedestrian quarterback on, on the Baltimore Ravens, you look at a guy like that, man. That guy adds at least two wins to, that's two wins to your season. Just that guy alone. Yeah. He 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 can he can he can change games. He's a game changer. That's why seventeen million I don't feel is enough for that guy because I think this guy on your defense at least he gives you two wins. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at this situation as well, and I like what you're talking about, CJ, because I think he's really gonna make a big time impact this year. I think he's gonna rebound from the issues that he's had in the past. You know, his health, that hamstring, I think really really uh really hampered him, you know, and he opted out the next year. And right. I think he's going to really turn a lot of Jets fans around. But when you look at the rest of this linebacking core, there's some questions, quite a bit new faces. You know, even guys that we drafted, Hamza Dean, Cheryl Wood, we ended up with getting a guy like uh, uh, Dale Sean Phillips. There's so many different names. But when you look at this situation out there at the weak side linebacker with Cashman, do you think he's a guy that yeah. you can just pencil in as a starter there? Do you think he'll be challenged by some of the younger guys that we have? Maybe – Nezaldine or Sherwood, could you see either one of those yeah. guys taking that spot? I think those guys could step up. I think the um, the guy from Detroit um, will be on the starting lineup with, with C.J. Mosley. I think Cashman okay. is, I think, underrated. I've seen some great things out of him. Um, but, like I said, this guy knows football. Um, if you can look at his history from Alabama to the Baltimore Ravens, there's just some guys you know that they're going to bring it their A game to the defense and it's going to make a difference. And this is one of the guys. This is one of the guys that you know that's going to bring in every game uh, and you know that he's going to make a difference on the defense. Yeah. And for yeah, reading right coverages, reading quarterbacks, reading – I mean, he's he's the captain of the defense. I mean, 
I mean, the reason Baltimore probably didn't win a championship is because they didn't re-sign him. Uh, they should have re-signed him and not, you know, the other guys they brought in. I mean, just to be honest. Okay, look, I, you know, I respect it. You're bringing it right now. You know, I see you're a big, big Mosley fan, and I respect that. But when I you am. look at the situation, when, yeah, when you're talking about Cashman, though, because you said, hey, you know, Cashman's out there, are you concerned about Cashman's injury history? Because we saw that plague him, too. He was injured last year as well. We saw him miss quite a bit of time. We saw him miss, you know, quite right. a bit of time his first year, too. He has an injury history as well going into college, those shoulders and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you think that that will continue to follow him into this season and he'll continue to have issues staying healthy and staying on the field? Yeah, that's a good question, and um, that just goes back to to um, Blake's um, training and stuff. But if you look at this guy's history from Minnesota, he's excellent in coverage. He has great uh on the ball, so, you know, uh, I hope so, but there's no guarantee. Mm. There's no okay. guarantee okay. about this yeah. guy, but I think this guy has excellent coverage skills. Uh, if you looked on the team, yeah. you looked on what, what happens in history in Minnesota, I think he can bring it, man. I think he can he can do a lot of stuff, especially in coverage. And I think that yeah. T.J. Mosley letting guys know coverage and reads before they actually get in the ball, I think that's going to help a lot. You have a quarterback or a defense. Unlike Jamal, Jamal was a little bit selfish. You know, you got a team guy like like T.J., man, that knows defenses, knows how to read them, coverage. Uh, you got a quarterback on the defense, like a Peyton Manning type guy in, in that thing. And I don't think Jeff fans know what kind of – I mean, some of us do, but there's all $17 million. This guy's worth it, I'm telling you. You're going to see. This guy's going to be worth it. The defense is going to be totally different with this guy there. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. And so my final question, and I mean, you know, you're bringing it right now. My final question for you, though, you talked about, you know, defenses and guys making an impact. A guy that's made a huge impact for us so far has been Marcus May, man. We've seen this guy shine bright. You know, even when – Jamal Adams was here, and everybody was loving Jamal, you know, and I respected it. I, I like Jamal as well, but I mm-hmm. told people, listen, this dude Marcus May is something else. I, I've been, you know, very vocal. I've been out there. I talked about Marcus May being the best safety on the team, even when Jamal Adams was here, and I'm starting to see people right. come around a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting to see I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm starting to see I, people kind of say, wait a minute. Wait here a we minute. go. Wait a minute, maybe Joe was right all along. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm just starting to, I'm starting to see. I'm starting to hear. That's all I'm saying. You know, I'm just saying it. You know, we'll continue to see that. But uh, so when you look at the situation, the Jets are still trying to find, you know, a way to get him signed. When you look at the situation, do you believe the Jets will get the deal done before the 15th? And if so, what number do you think they settle at? Do you think he gets the $14 million that reportedly he's looking for? Do you think they work that number down? Okay, so we think we think I think I like this guy. I think he he fits in the defense. I think for fourteen million dollars, let's let's put him in the fourteen million dollar category. Is he better than Landon Collins? Is he better than let's let's get a look at a guy as his in his same position, a guy like Eric Thomas. You think that Marcus May is just as good as Eric Thomas? I wouldn't say so. I think he's good, but I don't know if he's Eric Thomas good. So I would say 11 to 12 million, which to me is the thing, and I think he should accept that. Being in New York, being spotlighted on the team, because think about it: if Marcus May was that much again, we wouldn't have just won two games last year. I mean, he, mm. I, I know the other parts of the team is bad and everything else, but asking for 14 yeah. million dollars 
to me to me is is a little bit little bit over the top unless they can structure the contract where it's it's down trending or it's structure the contract give him fourteen million dollars a year but not really giving him fourteen million how they do it with mm-hmm. different contracts but if you gave me I mean asking you if you put Marcus May and a guy like Earl Thomas who plays the same situation who would you take? Well, I mean, Earl Thomas is a, you know he's in a different point in his career. But I will tell you what, I look yeah. at Marcus May. And I look, hold on, I look at Marcus May and I say to myself, here's a guy that's been phenomenal for us. And I understand what right. you're saying about last season. You know, we didn't win as many games as you would think. But again, Marcus May plays safety. He does not play quarterback. He does not play. He he doesn't mm-hmm. play offense. We have a 32nd ranked offense last year. We had the worst coach right. in probably the history of the New York Jets. I agree that was with the that. The New York Jets. <laughs> we had the worst coach in all of football. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? So there was history. a lot of things to overcome. But yeah. <laughs> But when you when you
like I, like we said before, I called you before. I'm in for the long haul. This is a complete rebuild, and Chris, I understand Chris, that. <laughs> Chris, you're a Jets fan. I'm a Jets fan. Do you think Jets fans are truly going to wait for Zach Wilson? Hell no. No, no, no. Listen, I mean, I, I understand right what you're saying. Chris, I understand right what you're saying, you. but, it, right but we have to, I, we have I, to I, think, I, we have to think, you know, it's like losing weight. You can't just, like, yeah. say, I'm going to lose 30 pounds one day. You're mm. going to have to take it yeah. over time. And my yeah. expectation this guy is a heavy run game. We got a great thing. Mm-hmm. We could win 10 games, but our running game yeah. is going to be the key and our tight end. That's what I believe yeah. that Zach Wilson could be. Even Russell Wilson, when he came in the league, you know, he was kind of like shoddy, you know. So let's 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 leave expectation for Zach Wilson. Let's not put him in the Peyton Manning or he's gonna be the number one quarterback in the league. Let's the run game and, and the offensive line is good. But let's temper expectation. Six wins, seven wins, great season, you know. We could have yeah. four or five games last year with Adam without Adam Gates. So if Adam Gates yeah. leaves, that's 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 five listen, wins right listen, there. Chris. So Chris, and you you speak in facts, and I hear you, and I'm right there with you, but I'm telling you, there's a segment of this fan base that ain't going to hear that, bro. I'm telling you right now. I know. There's already – listen, I, I saw somebody literally say, hmm, who would you take? Would you take Lamar Jackson or would you take Zach Wilson over Lamar Jackson at this point? I'm serious. I saw this on social media. I had people asking me this. I, I'm, I'm dead serious when I, when I say that. Okay, so mm-hmm. I understand. I'm right there with you, Chris. I- I'm telling you. I- I've talked about this. I said, listen, let's not expect too much out of Zach his first year. He's not going to come in and be Aaron Rodgers right off the bat. He's not going to do this. But there's a segment of this fan base. You and I both know it. Let's be real. All right? Let's be yeah, serious. You're right. You're there's right. You're right. Base that the second that he has a-, a-, a two interception game or he doesn't play well, they're going to jump all over him. They're going to destroy him. That's a fact. But the, the big thing is the difference is now that I think, you know, probably plagued Sam, plagued all those quarterbacks in the past is that the support system now is different. The coaching is different. Our that. offense yeah. coordinator is different. Our scheme is different. I think that the guys that we have now are going to be able to put him in positions to make plays and do what he does right. best. I think that was a big reason why Sam didn't see the success that he should have seen here early was because the scheme was not right. fit to, to his skill set. It wasn't placated for him You're right. whatsoever. You're right. It was just, hey, I'm going to run without right. run, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, you can make a play. But if I see you struggling or if I'm doing something that's completely against what you actually do well, oh, who cares? You know what I'm saying? That's not what's happening but, now. So I do think he'll have an easier first, transition, but uh, but there's going to be some issues, Chris. There's going to be some big issues. But like so listen, I, said, I got to get back to these lines, Chris. Go, I, I want to say one I'll, last I'll For the first time quickly. in the last time, mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time, I believe that we're on the right path. Let's not deviate. Yeah. From from this right now, let's stay on the path we have now. Not make crazy moves or whatever. We're on the right path right now. Have a good night. Thank yes. you. All right, you have a good one. Listen, I, and I hear Chris, and I respect it. Salute to him. That was great. We're gonna keep getting to these lines, but I'm telling you, I, I know Jets fans like y'all know Jets fans. Let's keep it real. All right. The second he has a two-interception game, there's going to be people in his fan base that's going to jump all over him, all over him. We all know it. The beat is going to jump all over him. You can see it coming. You can see it coming. But I think what's, going to, what's changed this year, okay, from the years in the past, is that 
we have a coaching staff that we believe is competent and going to be able to put him in position to make plays. And when he does have those games, he has things that are going to be able to help him pull himself out of that. Hell, he has a quarterback's coach. Sam never had that. <laughs> that alone that alone tells you it's a different time here. He actually has a quarterback's coach. So if his mechanics break down or things don't things aren't going how they should, then guess what? He has a guy that he can go to that can say, all right, look, here's the film, here's what you need to do, here's how we're going to help you get it together. So, you know, I respect that. But we're going to keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. Call in, man. We're talking to everybody. We're talking Jess. We're talking C.J. Mosley. So we're going to keep getting to these lines again. Everyone, please be patient. We're going to get to everybody. These lines are hot. So next we're going to go to my guy Shaq, man. This is my guy Shaq on the line. Salute to you, Shaq. It's good to hear from you, man. Give me your thoughts about C.J. Mosley, my friend. How are you feeling about him going into this season? What do you think he does for the New York Jets? Hello? Yeah, eight four five. Oh, is this? Eight? I'm sorry, oh, eight four five. Yeah, I'm not exactly. Yeah, cheaty man. What's up, CT? I'm sorry. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What did you say? I didn't know. Next, my bad. Um, yo, What's CJ, I'm, I'm all for uh, seeing what he got in the tank this year. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he got. I think when he went down, he was one of the best middle linebackers in the league. You know, I'm not saying he's number one, but um, he's definitely extremely, extremely intelligent. So um, the way he plays football, he's going to be a great um, – he's going to be a great veteran to, you know, help out this young defense and um, mm-hmm. put them in the right – the best positions to uh, succeed. Yeah, he is, you know. I look at this situation and I'm saying, you know, there's definitely going to be, you know, players out there that are going to put, put things together. But CJ is a guy, man, that I'm excited about, especially if he can turn things around this season – uh, you know, a lot of people were really hit on him last season, especially because he opted out. And I think that this year he's going to really show us, you know, what he's about and how he does things. But I have questions about the other linebacker positions as well. Because a lot of people are really focused on CJ because they want to see him turn it around. But what are your thoughts about Cashman, man? A lot of people have him penciled in as that weak side linebacker. Do you think that he'll be challenged by any of the younger guys that we drafted? Maybe a Hamza Narodeen or even a Sherwood? Could you see those guys taking his spot? Oh, for sure. I, I, it's because Cashman, his, his problem is injury. Injury. He's, he's injured. And I know CJ hasn't played much either. Um, but uh, I, I just hope that everybody can be healthy and we have depth. That's what I'm praying for. I hope we can have Cashman uh, like start and have you know Nazel Dean or for Sherwood um, back him up in case he gets injured. But I have I have a lot of. Um, Let's put it this way. I I I think Nazaldine and Sherwood are going to surprise a lot of people. I think they have a lot of potential mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, especially in that linebacker position. I know they can kind of split between that and, you know, uh, the you know the, and play a little DB as well, which is pretty cool. We got versatility in our backfield, but uh, especially with the veteran CJ Mosley, I can't wait to see what he does in a full for, with the full season with the Jets. And then uh, mm-hmm. in addition to guys like Nazaldine, Sherwood, Cashman. Um, I believe that we can uh, hopefully have the depth in case that people do go down so they can come in and, and, and we not skip a beat on D. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Now, you look at that other linebacker position because you brought up some guys. Ger- uh, Gerard Davis, a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, we have yet to see the best from this kid. This is a guy that, you know, can definitely turn things around to New York Jets. Do you believe in this 4-3 scheme here with Sulla? that we'll see this guy reach his true potential because he's a former first-rounder. 
Word, word. He, I forget that, like, he's a first former first-rounder. So, like, when it comes to Gerard Davis, a lot of people, um, inside, insiders, have been saying that he was one of the um, best free agent signings that the Jets have gotten that, like, kind of, like, under under the radar. Him and Keelan yeah. people have been talking about that they're both under the radar signings by, by the Jets. So, I'm really – I don't know too much about Gerard Davis. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch him play. But from what I'm hearing – um, apparently he has he hasn't reached his ceiling yet, and that's what I love about uh, Joe Douglas and how he tackled the off season. <laughs> he um, really found some gems, whether whether it be in the draft or whether it be in free agency. He found some gems that fit fit, fit our scheme, fit what we're trying to do, and people who have yet to reach their peak. You know, so even if you want to even talk about Carl Lawson, I think he, he even has another gear to go to to reach his peak. So everybody's on the uh, on the uprise that he that he signed on the off season and um so I'm 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 extremely ex- uh pleased with what we've got gotten done for our defense, especially the middle linebacker group because if you don't have tacklers out there and you're missing tackle and that's the one thing I'm worried about with the with the rookies. If they're missing tackles and everything, then you know obviously it's a rookie season. They they're learning on the fly. Uh hopefully we got people like C J and Blake Hashman to coach them up to like and and lock them to get them in the right spots. But Ger- Gerard Davis, uh he, I think he'll start. I think he'll start. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think he will as well. Now, I want to go to the offensive side of the ball with you because I was just talking to a caller, Chris, and he brought up a great point, and I was right there with him. I said, listen, you know, he was saying, hey, you know, let's be patient with Zach Wilson. Let's not expect too much out of him this season. Again, we're already starting to see Wilson season everywhere. You know, a lot of people are Wall Street Wilson. A lot of people expecting a lot of big things. Do you believe that this fan base will be patient with him? Do you believe that this fan base will allow him the time <laughs> to grow as a young quarterback? See, you already laughed. You, <laughs> yeah. you, already, you guys hear that? You guys hear that? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. And whatnot, but I believe mm-hmm. that um, I, I hope uh, I'm going to hold out hope for the Ham families to, to be a little bit more mature this season. Maybe I'm naive to do that. I think that people are seeing that the front office is taking the time to actually make some right, make the right decisions. And I don't think the yeah. fa- I think the majority is going to be a vocal minority that are going to be saying, "Oh, Zach Wilson is not as good as Trevor, or Zach Wilson is not a good as X Y Z player, Justin Fields, whatever." There's going to be a, a, a minority of people that are a local minority, which always are talking, and I'm going to say something negative. But believe it or not, I've been seeing a lot of positivity from the fan base, mm-hmm. a lot of excitement from the fan base. I think a lot of it has to do with Robert Sala coming into the building and changing the culture. And uh, and, and obviously, we, we've always uh, been a big supporter of Joe Douglas and what he's been doing. And I think this, this offseason, he really made a statement in how he approached it. So I think – People have more faith this year than they did last year, even um, going okay. into last season. Uh, and I think the the, the majority of uh, of Jets fans that I'm seeing, whether it be on social media or ones that I've talked to, um, they're they're waiting, they're they're expecting the Jets to be better, 
but they're not expecting us to like necessarily take the, the NFL by storm and go go crazy. Yeah. I, I I do believe you know even the call you just had even him he's bringing it bringing people down to reality. Now granted, there's going to be mm-hmm. a local minority that just want us to succeed and you know win the Super Bowl already, and I'm, I you just can't listen to those people. You really got to. Um, take be a little bit more pragmatic, and that's why I like your show. You bring people on, people bring have their opinions, and um, you get to see different sides of Jets fans and and what what we are, what the you know fan base is talking about and what we're expecting. And, and even on your show for the past couple of weeks, I think a lot of people have, are being are being excited, but also um, tempering their expectations. So um, yeah, I want to say that a lot of people have kind of grown over the past couple of months. Hopefully, and growing up to say, hey, like give this give, give this team a chance, rather than you know just sit on every. Oh, sorry, uh, you know just crap on uh, crap on everything. That yeah, watch, okay, watch, watch, go, go ahead. You know, but yeah. the same old Jets conversation. I think the narrative, hopefully, became beginning to change. Yeah, yeah, you know this this was an amazing coffee. Give them a hand, folks. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> give them a hand. Listen, I can respect where respect is due, but even you couldn't say that without laughing. <laughs> even of course, you couldn't say it without you laughing. Know it. Like, <laughs> of course. I'm you, you, you know, know that what call... you've been doing. We, we all yeah, have PTSD, I guess. Yeah, we all have that, that's, PTSD. That's, that's a fact, you know, and I'll, I'll call my chat the savages of reason. They're savage, you know what I'm saying? These all death fans, <laughs> they have high expectations. But like you said as well, and we're going to keep talking about this tonight because Chris brought this up, and this is a great point. I try to tell everybody, and I told people the second he got drafted, just be patient with this kid. Young quarterbacks, it takes time. But I think, and you you hit this on you hit this nail on the head. I think that the difference between this year and years in the past when we drafted young quarterbacks is the the, the coaching talent surrounding these kids, the guys that you know are going to be in charge of grooming him and getting him to the next level. We have so much faith in. You know, you look at the supporting the, the support that he's going to have as far as coaching. It's just completely different. You have an offensive coordinator with a scheme that fits his skill set, and they're going to put him in the best position to succeed. He has, you know, all these other things as well that even Sam didn't have quarterbacks coach uh, that's going to be able to help him with his mechanics if they break down. And like and like he said in the past, and I've talked about this, how big a, a great running game is for a young quarterback. The best friend of a young quarterback offensively is a solid running game. It takes the pressure off of you. It shortens your third yeah. downs. And not just that, you can work off of that, okay? Play action becomes a big deal. You look at how the Ravens are running their offense. You know, Lamar, his first year, they were running the ball a lot. They were running the ball quite a bit. Yeah. He would work off that now. Look at what the kids turned into. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, we're doing things differently. Yeah, but listen, yeah, i got to get back yeah, to these lines, man. Oh, well, go ahead. I'll let okay. you get the last word. I'll get back to you. No, I was just going to say that you, you nailed it. Like when it comes to the run game being so vital and so uh, to to a young quarterback's growth, and what they did with Lamar Jackson, you know, now we're seeing him pass the ball a little bit more. But uh, like like Robert Sala said, this this organization is there to, to to uplift him, not him uplift the organization. And to do that, I think putting the hands in, in um, uh, and giving our offensive line, to, you know, to work. And you know, and putting yeah. them in position to do their job for our running backs to get out there and produce, and then open things up for Zach is going to be special, especially with the talent that Zach has. And once we open up the field a little bit, whoa, I, I think we're going to see some really 
stellar plays because I, I know he can swing that ball a little bit around the field. And yeah. uh, with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis out there, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. It's always phenomenal to speak with oh, you. Yeah. You have a good one, my friend, man. It was always great to speak to you. So I'm going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. We are getting to everybody. Lines are hot. We're going to keep it moving. I'm going to get to my guy, Steve, next. Donovan John, we see you. We'll come to you in a second. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of people hitting me up on social media as well. Don't worry. I will get to everybody, all right? But I'm getting to my guy, Steve. Steve, salute to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Listen, we're talking Jets, man. Give me your thoughts about C.J. Mosley, man. What are your expectations out of him this season, Steve? Long Beach Joe, what's going on, my man? What's going on, man? How's it going? All right, man. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, everybody was all talking about, you know, after when the season was over, you know, what are we going to do about C.J. Mosley? He's only played two games, you know. The groin injury in 2019 – and obviously he opted out last year in 2020 as well, you know, for for because for, for health sake, because of the whole thing with the pandemic. But now he's coming back and he looks a lot faster and stronger. You know something though, Joe? Let me tell you something. The the game that C.J. Mosley made his debut, the game against Buffalo, the opening game of that season, that that game still still. You know, when we lost that game 17-16, to 16, it was one of the most heartbreaking losses I ever went through as a Jets fan. You know, going up 16 to nothing in that game, once when Mosley went out with that groin injury, it really, really hurt us. And, and let me tell you, he was, he was one of the main reasons why we were winning that game. Once when that groin yep. injury hit, it was a completely different ball game. And, and, and yeah. you know... Listen, and everybody was all, and you know, everyone's all saying because you know with Mosley. Listen, Mosley is a talent. Okay, he he is a talent. All right, you you don't you know I don't understand you know why, and and I think he's gonna fit in Robert Sala's defensive style really well. Mosley is definitely gonna be a, a player to watch for this year. Yeah, he absolutely is, Steve. Uh, he's a guy we're hoping to see you know really come out and produce because he's a guy that's getting paid. We paid him quite a bit of money. You know, McCagney gave, gave him a deal, all right? And we were all really looking for something. And we haven't gotten it, you know, you know, due to injury. We all know that he's been – he dealt with that, that hamstring injury for two years. It was pretty bad. And like you said, that Bills game, we watched him get injured in that game. But before it, man, he was really just a monster out there. And then we saw him try to come back, you know, later that year, and things just were not together. You know, it, he was just limping around out there. There were issues. But – you know, he's talked about coming back. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove to people, you know, that he was worth that contract, and he wants to prove to people that, hey, Jets fans, I can make plays and do things. But when you look around this linebacking core as well, I think there's a bit of questions. You know, you look at a guy like Gerard Davis, a lot of people are saying that he's a guy that hasn't been utilized correctly within schemes. So you look at this situation, Steve, Steve he's coming into a 4-3 scheme here. Do you think we'll see Gerard finally play up to his potential with the New York Jets and this defensive coaching staff? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's, um, you know, uh, you know, and the thing is, is that, you know, you know, the thing is, listen, it's just that, you know, mm-hmm. everybody, you know, is, is basically saying, you know, like, what are the players that are going to fit into this style of defense? You know, listen, Gerard okay. Davis, you know, the last couple of years, never really got a big shot in Detroit. And I watched his highlights, and he has a lot of potential 
to be a good player. Okay. You know, listen, he was a former first-round pick by the Detroit Lions back in 2017. You know, he, he, you know, he had his moments in Detroit, but never at the end, you know. Hopefully things can shift around for him. And I'm, ho- I'm really, really hoping with him and CJ working together, it will definitely develop as a really good linebacking crew. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping it does as well. Now, Steve, this is my final question for you. You brought the fire so far during this call. Do you think the Jets will get a deal done with Marcus May before the 15th of July, that deadline, man? You know, I really, 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 really hope so because that's the next biggest thing that needs to happen. Marcus May, to me, deserves the contract extension out of any player currently on this team right now. He is the one that deserves the contract extension. Because here's the thing. He's had some flashable moments. And honestly, in 2000, last year in 2020, he was by far our best player on the field. He was by far the best player on the team. You know, and the thing is, when you look at a situation, now listen, I don't know if he's going to ask for the uh, – listen, he's not going to be like what Jamal Adams was when, you know, when Adams was asking for all this and this and kind of that. By the way, and also in good news, before I continue to talk about Marcus May, there's a rumor that Jamal Adams may hold out of camp because he wants a contract. That's why yep, he traded yep. for him, Seattle. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you for the first-round pick. So, thanks that again, you know, <laughs> going back. going Now, going back to Marcus May, mm. you know, okay. the kids, the kids deserve ahead, the please. contract. The kids deserve the contract, Okay. And he's earned it. Let me tell you, he's earned it. The thing is, though, when you look at the season, because everybody is all talking about, okay, um, everybody's all talking about this whole thing. Oh, if, if Zach Wilson starts throwing interceptions, if he starts throwing interceptions, oh, guess what? Uh, everyone's all going to turn on him, and they're not going to give him a chance like Sam, you know. Everybody's got to give Zach a chance, and we got to see how it does. Remember, it's all going to depend on how he's built, how he fits with this team. You got to see how it goes. Hey, listen. We haven't even gotten to a preseason game yet. Heck, heck the, the end of the year training camp hasn't even started in July, at the end of July. Mm-hmm. Listen, we got to yeah. see what happens. This is now a time of the, a time, of the time to relax, you know, you know, focus on your summer right now. And once we get to the end of July, it's time for training camp. You know, it's time for all gas, no breaks. You know, new coaching staff, new team. You know, you know let me tell you something. No more Adam Gaze, no more Todd Bowles, no more Mike McCagnet. All of that is in the past. It's all on Robert Solom now. All gas, no break. Let's go. Steve, you brought the fire, man. What a call from you. Listen, I want to thank you for calling in tonight, Steve. You have yourself a good night, my man. Good night, Joe. What a call from you. Good night, man. Steve calling in with nothing but fire right there. You know, he brought it. He absolutely brought it. So we're going to keep getting to these lines again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. We're going to keep going. We're talking Jets. We're talking C.J. Mosley. We're talking Marcus May. A lot to talk about. So next I'm going to get to my guy, Donovan. We're going to my guy, Donovan. Listen, everybody, for those of you that don't know, I'm not a Nick basher, but Donovan, for some reason, believes that I am. So he tries to get at me. I don't know what's going on here. I just try to be friends with everybody. But, you know, you know, we all can't be Julius Randle. You know what I'm saying? We all just can't get along around here and have a good time. You know what I'm saying? But salute Donovan. I want to thank you for calling in tonight, my friend. It's always great to speak to you. Give me your thoughts about this C.J. Mosley situation. 
What do you what are your expectations from him this year, man? Joe, what's up? What's up? I don't, I don't like the intro too much, but uh, we got good news that Mr. Trey Young is out for Game Five tonight, so or Game Four, whichever it is. I, I couldn't be more happier. Oh man! Oh man! You just <laughs> why do y'all why do why do, why do come on man? You well, just well, gotta listen, get. We have to villainize somebody. We got to villainize somebody. He's the one. We have Reggie Miller. Hey, listen. <laughs> Come on now. Come on, Donald. He's the one fly man. at the barbecue, man. Oh my goodness, man! Come on. The fly at the barbecue. You gotta, gotta get swatted. Stop. You gotta stop, man. You gotta stop. Come on. Look, let's talk about this C.J. Mosley, man. He's bragging about Trey being out. Come on, man. So what are your thoughts about C.J. Mosley? What are your expectations of him coming into, you know, this upcoming season? What do you think he gives the New York Jets? Mosley is going to be the uh, brains of the defense. We need that strong middle linebacker. He played one of the – arguably one of the best halves of football that we mm-hmm. ever seen a Jet player play. So yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't. I don't understand why some people are saying, "Oh no, I don't really think we're going to keep Mosley. Maybe we'll deal him." I don't think we should deal him. Let him play some of this contract out. Let's see what we got with him. And uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think he's going to be back 100%. He looks like he lost a lot of weight. He he looks. I mean, come on. Even when he was at a a, a, a bigger guy, he what do he have? Two interceptions that game. He kept us oh, in yeah. the game. Well, he yeah, didn't he, go out. We possibly would have won. Yeah, scored he, in the he game. scored in that Bills game, too. Yeah. Our yeah. offense was terrible Most, that Mosley, Mosley would be fine. Oh, yeah. Our offense was so Adam, bad. That Adam Gates. <laughs> oh, God. Anytime people just bring that guy up, man. This <laughs> Jeez, keep your hands on the wheel. Goodness gracious. That was an entire season. No two years with that guy. Oh, it was horrible. This is the worst offensive yeah. game plans I've ever seen in my life. Ugh. And our offensive line was absolutely terrible. Oh, man. Look, anyway, so when you look at this season upcoming <laughs> here, like you said as well, I think CJ is going to turn things around. I think he'll really show people, you know, why the New York Jets signed him. But I have questions at the other positions as well. When I look at Cashman, man, people pretty much have him penciled in as this weak side linebacker. But I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, hey, look, I respect him. When he's out there on the field, he shows some talent. But he misses time quite a bit. This guy has been injured quite a bit, even going back into college. Are you concerned that this injury history, this injury issue with him, will continue on, especially into this season? Uh, yeah, I think I think he's just going to be one of those guys who can't stay healthy. I like him when he's on the field, like you said, but uh... – I just, I, I mean, if he stays healthy, yeah, pencil him in. I, I like him at the, uh, at, at the position. But if there's a younger guy who can, who's faster, who's more durable, hey, put him in. You got to win the job. Every, every, every yeah. position this year, you have competition in. So it's not like you can pencil anybody in because you might, they might see somebody in training camp that's just like, wow, look at him. Let's give him a shot. You know what I mean? So this yeah. competition all over the place, maybe it'll raise the, his level. And and maybe he'll be able to stay on the field. I'm not saying that he's a bad player, but he got to stay. He got to stay uh, available. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So my final question before I let you go, Donovan. I mean, you 
you brought the fire outside of your Knicks takes. You've been all right tonight. You know what I'm saying? You really brought it. <laughs> Look, we, we've, <laughs> we've been talking about, you know, Zach Wilson tonight. We had Chris talk about how, you know, he was, you know, gave his spiel to Jets fans, and I like the take. I agreed with them that, hey, you got to be patient with this kid. You can't expect him to come in and right off the bat be Peyton Manning. And I told him, you know, look, <laughs> Jets fans, you know, I, I respect it, but there's there's a big segment of this fan base that is not going to be patient with this kid. Do you think that Jets fans ha- will turn it around this season and they'll learn from things in the past? Do you think that the fan base will be more patient with Zach Wilson than they have been with quarterbacks of the past? Uh, do do I think they will? No, I don't, I don't think they will. This is New York City. They, they, we give nobody a chance to grow. We 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 kill our own. That's what we do. But, I mean, this okay. is this is just this is the story of New York teams. This is what what happens. We don't give guys chances. And I mean, me, I think I think we should fall back and let him grow and see what he could be. I mean, did we give Sam a fair shake? I mean. Not really, if you really think about it. Was it a good move to move on from him? Yeah, because you can't have him come in. And the first home game is against the Patriots. He throws one interception. The boos are going to be raining down like no tomorrow. So we had to move on, no doubt about it. But we didn't give him a fair shake. We didn't put anything around him to 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 justify him staying or leaving, really. So, I mean, with, with Zach, we got things around him. I think we need to just – Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. I mean, it's been a bumpy, bumpy roller coaster as a Jet fan, and we yeah. need to see what happens with Zach. We got to yeah. give guys chances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Listen, mean, we I'm, killed I'm right Peyton there. Manning in the playoffs, forty-one to three, and then he came back and killed us in the AFC Championship. So, I mean, hey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you talking? You talking facts? You so you talking straight facts, man? Listen, now, this has been a call from you, man. Give him a hand. Outside of those Knicks takes, man, this is this has been a great call for me, and I can put it. No more Knicks takes. No more Knicks takes. Thank God. Everybody Thank in the chat you. is going to be killing me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, listen, Dom, you started it, not me. I was coming out here. I was going to hit you with a little year, and that's it. You had to go with all this Knicks stuff. I'm off the Knicks. It's, it's baseball season. I'm suffering through the Yankees right now. Man, well, come on, man. I didn't start nothing. You started that with me. It was, it's been consistent. You start the problem with me. You want to talk about the Lakers? Hey, you know, I'll, I'll talk about What the more do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know what you want from me, but I, you know, I'll give it to you. I, I can't. You talk about my Lakers, you know. I'll talk about the Knicks. So this is Donovan. I gotta get back to these lines. You have yourself a good night, man. All right, Joe. Have a good night. Have a good one. Hey, listen. Salute to everybody. Salute to Donovan. You call in. You know what I'm saying? You try to, you try to come at my Lakers. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dip that jab. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give it right back to you. I respect everybody. Don't you talk about my, my Lakers. Don't you talk bad about them. You know what I'm saying? You talk bad about the You're Lakers. smoking crack. Stop. Yeah. You got to stop. I got to stop you. But you know what I'm saying? You're, when you you're, you're, you're at me, I'll you're back. You're, you know what I'm saying? I'll you're back, you know? So we're going to keep getting to these lines. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639. Call in. We're talking Jets. We're talking everything, man. So we're going to keep going. Getting to my guy, John, next. Getting to my guy, John, next. We're coming directly to you, Carrie and Rusty. We see you. We'll get to you in a second. 
John Salutes, I want to thank you for calling in tonight, my man. John, give me a hey, thoughts, man. We're talking to CJ. I'm all right, man. How are you, my friend? It's good to speak with you. Give me your thoughts about CJ Mosley, man. There's a lot of people, a lot of people saying, hey, CJ, they're expecting big things from him this season. Do you expect the same? Of course. I mean, CJ Mosley's a great player. I know his people like to talk about his contract situation. That's a whole other matter. Like, that's something else. But if we're just talking about the player himself, I mean, this is a guy mm-hmm. who made four Pro Bowls in his first five years back when he was with Baltimore. I mean, the guy's clearly uh, – he's an athletic freak at linebacker. He's really good. And especially in this defense, I mean, this is a point that a lot of people – I haven't heard a lot of people bring up, but in this defense, Robert Sala, he runs a variation of the Seattle scheme. Um, yeah. And so he comes from Gus Bradley, who was under Pete Carroll. And so in this defense, especially this defense compared to, like, the last two years – He's going to be in like that Bobby Wagner free range, come up, play the run kind of role. And he's going to be really, this scheme is going to fit him perfectly. Um, he was a really good player. And I expect, I know he hasn't played in a while, but the first year was due to injury. But last year it was because of opt out. So it's not like he has more tread on his tires or anything. He got a nice long time to get his body back into shape. Uh, maybe there's a little rough on, on these wheels, but yeah. he should get the hang of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, and again, even with, like you talked about the scheme that Salah's running, you look at we're bringing in the mm-hmm. 4-3 now, of course, we changed over. But my, my big thing is when you look at what we have as far as coaching, I think that that's really going to help as well. Of course, CJ, his, you know, just his, his, his talent overall, I, I think if you put him pretty much in any scheme, he's going to be successful. But when you, you've seen in the past, oh, what I've seen in the past, Salah has been able to get the best out of guys, guys that were not as talented C.J. Mosley, nowhere near. And he's been able to put them in positions to where they can do, you know, what, whatever their skill set is, that they can maximize on that skill set. And that's what I'm the most excited about, not just with C.J., but when you look at other guys, and again, Jeff Albridge as well, our defensive coordinator, he's a guy that can put things together too. But when I look around this defense, one of the guys that I'm extremely excited about is Gerard Davis, a guy that a lot of people talk about and say, hey, we haven't seen the best out of this kid yet. He still has more to give because he has not been utilized correctly. So when you look at the situation coming into this season, what are your expectations on Davis? And do you think we'll see this guy play at his highest potential under the New York Jets with his coaching staff? I certainly hope he can. Um, Gerard Davis was a guy, former first round pick. Uh, I mean, he had good moments his rookie year. Uh, I know a lot of people like to just act like he was just flat out of bus. But his rookie year in 2017, he, he did produce well enough. It was once Matt Patricia came involved and changed the scheme that Gerard Davis slowly started losing playing time. And not to say that he was yeah. like this world beat in his rookie year, but once the scheme change happened, he lost favor with coaches and eventually got benched. But the guy is athletic. I do he's rangy. Um, he's able to play the pa- uh, play the pass well enough, especially uh, – is he going to be the weak side or, or Sam linebacker? I think he's I think he's a Sam linebacker um, in our okay. new team. I think that's where they have him right okay. now. Yeah, I think that's where All they right, have him right so, now. But, uh, yeah, strong side backer right now. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because is the weak side. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So then, um, Gerard is going to be able to play that well. Rangy, like I said, he does struggle a little bit against the run, which is probably not what you want from a linebacker in the NFL. But you know, he is rangy uh, and can make plays, especially in this defense. He's going to be. Uh, in this defense, I mean, Robert Sala is going to get the best out of him, so I'm very excited for him. Yeah. 
So my final question for you, John, man, you always bring in the fire, bro, is give me your thoughts about this situation with Marcus May, man. Like, how do you feel about his contract situation, and do you think the Jets will be able to get something done before the deadline? Um, so I'm going to say no on before the deadline because I feel as though if that were going to happen, it would have happened by now. Um, mm. but I do think he will get signed long-term and I'm probably okay. the only person who's going to say this, uh, but I personally feel like I, I would be totally willing to pay in the 14 million a year if that's what he wants. I mean, he's okay. the okay. best player on defense. He's the best player on the defense. He's a leader. And not only that, you've had to compare him to Jamal Adams. When Jamal was going crazy, you know, crying all offseason, what was Marcus May doing? Putting his head down, just working. When we drafted Ashley mm-hmm. Davis and the Jets were talking about, oh, maybe Marcus May became expendable, he didn't say anything. He was just quiet, working, yeah. proved that he was one of the better safeties, proved that he's a better safety than Jamal Adams. Uh, he's rangy. He's won several games for the Jets. You think about that Rams game. Um, I know that Seattle game was really bad, but you saw how he played DK Metcalf, one of the best, you know, receivers in the league. I mean, I think he's completely yeah. worth it. Um, I think he's, he's completely worth it. And you don't have many other players to play. Um, make a statement with them. Say, hey, we're going to take care of you. My dog's going mm-hmm. off in the background. I'm sorry. You can hear that? <laughs> yeah, he's a big Marcus May fan. I can tell. He's a big Marcus May fan as well. I heard it. I heard, I heard Marcus May, Marcus May, Marcus May. Give him a deal. You know what I'm saying? That's what I heard. Salutes to that dog. Salutes to him. You know what I'm saying? Salutes to him. I respect that. I respect that. That dog went off. You talk about Marcus May. Here we go. Yeah. I like that dog. I like that dog. I like what he brings to the table. Yeah, go ahead. Tell him, go ahead and finish your thought. Your dog has to jump in. Tell him to call in. I want to talk to him, too. Oh. Go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. But, yeah, um, Marcus May, who, who else are you playing, man? Who else are you playing? Go for it. Make him um, make him one of the first re-signed Jet players in a while. And, maybe, I mean, he is, he's the team captain, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's the team the, captain as well. Okay. There you go. And I, I also remember when the moment – um when they gave up that uh, terrible last-minute uh, touchdown to the Raiders, Marcus May came out, and he was, uh, he was defending his guys. He was the, and Lamar Jackson was the one, I think, who gave up uh, the game-winning touchdown. Yep. And he was like, he did. you have to help us out. This isn't, and everyone yeah. respected him. So I would yeah. totally do it. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, John, this is a call from you. Give him a hand, studio audience. Give him a hand. Listen, John, it was phenomenal to speak to you tonight, man. I got to get back to these lines. These lines are hot, but thank you, man. And, again, I'll respond to you, my friend. I saw you. I responded. So, you know, we'll go back and forth on that other thing. But salute to you. No problem. I want to thank you. Thank you. You have yourself a good night, my friend. You too. Take care. You have a good one. Listen, John calling in. Listen, I take all callers. If your dog wants to call in, tell him to call in. You know what I'm saying? Tell your dog to call in. I'll talk to his dog as well. Anybody that's fired up about the Jets, I want to hear about it. So we're going to keep getting to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. We are taking all callers. We're going to get to everybody. Please be patient. We're going to keep going. I think we're going to Cario next. This is my guy, Cario, man. We're going to speak to him in just a second. We're going to be talking to him. Listen, Cario, I want to thank you for calling in. I'm hoping I'm saying your name correctly. Salute to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Give me your thoughts about C.J. Mosley, man. How are you feeling about him, and what are your thoughts about what he's going to bring to the Jets this season? Yeah, was that me? Yes, this is Hello? you, 516. Uh, 
Yeah, if I was, it's Kieran. Oh, Kieran. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kieran. I apologize yeah. for uh, mispronouncing that. So, Kieran. No, uh, not at all. Not at all. Much, I, man. All right. So, uh, I think uh, CJ's, uh, I think he'll have a pretty good year. I, I think that the defense doesn't exactly fit him extremely well. Extremely well. I think it fits him well, but doesn't, like, it's not perfect because he's not that fast. He, um, okay. You know, he, uh, Salah needs, Salah, the defense that, that, uh, Seattle and San Francisco run, I mean, mm-hmm. they have a small, a little smaller linebackers that are a little faster, right? But CJ packed the wall, right? And he's smart, yeah. so he should pick up the defense well. Now, I don't, my personal opinion is that, um, when Salah says, um, and I was thinking about this while, you know, before, is that, um, when he said, um, you know, we're trying to get our players played, paid, our players paid, he was talking to Fred Warner because I think Fred Warner is his guy. And Fred Warner hasn't signed his contract or hasn't signed a, uh, an extension in for, in, for the 49ers. And I think mm-hmm. that's the guy they want, right, as he wants. I don't know if he's going to get him because maybe the 49ers will pay him. But he's also from BYU, so they got a BYU mm-hmm. quarterback, right? He's a smart dude. Mm-hmm. He's like top 20, top 20 player in the league. And... Uh, he runs that defense. So ultimately, if they're going to try to tread along this this year, teach everybody what they need to be taught, and hopefully get better. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think. Oh. Maybe next year or by trade or somehow, that's the guy that they really want. I and mean, if it, if it works out with CJ, which it could, right? It could definitely because he's, he's worth a lot. He, he, he got to pay him a lot of money still. So how are you going to trade his contract or get rid of him? You know, you're going to probably need. He's if he's really good, then he's going to stick around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you know, maybe he's looking for a guy, but when when he talked about making sure the guys get paid, especially when you look at the situation here, one of the guys that he spoke on, you know, making wanting to make sure that the deal was getting done and you know, he was excited to, you know, hopefully see the Jets, you know, be able to bring this guy back was Marcus May. He spoke on that situation quite a bit, that the Jets are actively trying to make sure that he's brought back into the fold. And I want to get your thoughts on that as well. What are your thoughts about this situation with Marcus May? Do you think they get a deal done before July 15th? And if so, how much do you think they end up, you know, signing them for per year? Do you think he'll get the $14 million that he reportedly is looking for per season? No, I don't think he's getting that. Because uh, okay. it's, there's, a little, there's, a little, there's a little back and forth between, you know, Jamal getting what he's going to get and then Marcus getting what he's going to get. So if Marcus gets what he's going to get, then Jamal's going to get what he is going to get. I don't think that Marcus is going to get 14 from anybody. I think he's worth like 12, 12 two, something like that. And if they can get him to sign like a four-year deal with a good upfront money, you know, guaranteed, guaranteed, but he's getting paid like $12.5 million, I think that's what he's worth. I think that's what he should get paid. I mean, that's what the judge wanted to pay. Maybe he should. He deserves more. I don't know if I don't think yeah. they're gonna go any further than that. If he doesn't want to sign, he's gonna take it and then he's gonna be a free agent too. So. Yeah. Well, you know, hey look, I you know, I respect it. I respect your takes there again. Listen, I wanna thank you for calling in tonight. It was great to speak to you, my friend. Listen, we're gonna keep getting to these lines again. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine. Call in. We are talking Jets. We are talking C.J. Mosley. We're talking Marcus May. We're talking about it all. So next, I'm going to my guy Rusty. Man, 
my guy Rusty is on the line. I know he's going to bring the fire. Rusty, salute to you. I want to thank you for calling in. Give me your thoughts about C.J. Mosley, man. What are your expectations out of him coming into this season? How's it going, Joe? How's it going, my man? And, uh, <laughs> it's going all right. Islanders just got out of the uh, the cup. But after that, it's all good. Now it's all just all the way. So let's focus on that. <laughs> Quiet, um. <laughs> hey man, you know I got Knicks fans calling in. I ha- I don't want no smoke at the Islanders fans. I'm not a big hockey guy. I salute to y'all. I wish y'all nothing but the best, you know, in the future. But you know, I got Knicks fans on me already. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just I'm fighting already <laughs> with somebody. You know, I don't want to. Fight you don't need it from the frozen pond, so. <laughs> oh man, I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? But give me your thoughts about CJ Mosley, Rusty. How are you feeling about it, man? Going into the season. I, no I love C.J. Mosley. I mean, he's he's a dominating linebacker. I mean, proof is in the pudding. He single-handedly nearly beat Buffalo three quarters, and then, you know, his groin injury and everything, which sucked, obviously. Prior to that, the guy was all over the field with Baltimore. He's just yeah. he's like a Tasmanian devil, you know? You just let him go. Yeah. He does whatever he has to do. And then you put him in with Salah, and they're hungry for it. You're like... He knows Salah, obviously. Salah has a great reputation throughout the NFL. And now he's hungry, chomping at the bit for it. And he's healthy because, you know, what he got with that groin injury, that was a pretty bad one. It was, I think he, like, yeah. tore off bone. And, like, it was bad. It was brutal. So for him to sit, yeah. get back, and he's running around like a maniac like he usually did, you know, that's and it's good that he came back, you know, within the first with mm-hmm. everybody when he didn't even have to. So Yeah. Yeah, I think I he wants to kill it, and that's back. great. Yeah, I, I think he will. I think he'll turn it around this year. I'm hoping that, you know, that hamstring injury, everything stays straight um, and good. You know, we all know hamstrings, you know, they can things can linger, but supposedly everything's good. He's fully healthy. We saw him come back later on that season, and I think that that might have even re-aggravated it, made it possibly worse because we saw he was hobbling around. He did not look like himself. He was just – things just weren't good. Yeah, I don't think he should have been playing that game. You that's know, when he. he that's when he tore it off the bone. Oh yeah. That's man. when. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, and then that's when yeah. they were like, "All right, yeah, you're going into surgery," and then COVID yeah. happened that <laughs> March. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that happened. I mean, that, that was that was yeah, that was bad. But I'm hoping that this year, um, and I'm expecting you know him to turn it around this year, uh, because he, even if you hear things that's coming from him, he's really really fired up about this season. He's talked about hearing everything that everybody is saying. And, you know, making it a point, look, I'm going to go out there and just prove everybody wrong. You know, I'm going to go out there and show Oh, I'm glad because I was that. one of those dudes, I'm too. I deal. was like, you know, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. – I hope the Jets work you like yeah, a dog, no, man. You know, earn that contract. <laughs> so I'm one of those guys, and I, yeah. like, and I love them, yeah. you know. Like, so get that yeah. fire and come at me with it. It would be great, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you want. You're hoping alone, for. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You, you're not alone, Rusty, let me tell you, because, uh, you know, I've been running the show for a minute, and there were people calling in talking about we should trade him this offseason. There were, there no, were I wasn't saying that, but I, I was, I, was saying definitely giddy up, and show. you better do some yeah, stuff. You can go back and listen to my past shows. There were people calling in and saying we should trade him. There were people calling in and saying we should move on from him, just release him, all kinds of things like that. But I, I want to see what he does this season. But my big question for you, Rusty, is you look at that weak side linebacker position in this 4-3, it's Cashman. I like Cashman. He's shown ability, but he has a long injury history, man. Are you concerned about that continuing going into this season? Yeah, he gets nicked, you know. And, yeah. But I love Cashman, you know. He's awesome. It just, it's unfortunate that he gets nicked up and stuff, but hopefully mm-hmm. with the new implemental plans that they have for, you know, our doctor program and 
all that, they can get some of those bugs out or, you know, assess it quicker, you know, do what they got to do so it's not as severe or yeah. serious or he could play with it, you know, it doesn't affect him to the ability where it, you know, it would really, really, truly affect him. Yeah. And when you, so when you we got at, some of those guys and that dude from Detroit. Yeah. So when you were talking about it, because that's what I wanted to talk to you about as well. So my final question for you is you talked about Cashman. He does get nicked up a bit. He does miss a lot of time. Could you see some of the young guys that we drafted possibly take that spot from him? A guys like Hamza Narodine or Sherwood. Could you see any of these guys, you know, in this other linebacker, within this linebacker and depth core, be able to step up and take that spot from him, you know, whether he get injured or just take it from him, you know, in training camp or in preseason? Could you see one of these young guys starting over him? Yeah, my 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 man, the dean of me, Nazaldine. I love that guy. That guy's a okay. maniac, and it's great. Okay. He just lays the wood, and he's athletic. I think he is the one to, that would do it if it was going to be our rookie coming in, any one of our rookie yeah. guys. That yeah. guy's lights yeah. out. Yeah, and he's a great that tackler as well. That definitely lights out. That's one of the big things about him. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on some of these young guys we brought in, especially, you know, because they'll be kind of – transferring from Rose, you know, that, you know, Nesrodine, they have uh, a history of safety and things like that. But, again, in Sulla's scheme, he's utilized a lot of mm-hmm. those guys, a lot of guys that are tweeners, a lot of guys that are hybrid players. He's been able to utilize those guys in the scheme at different positions. What he calls them, a hit-and-run linebacker, stuff like that. Guys can move, guys that are athletic. He'll put you somewhere within the scheme, and I'm telling you, <laughs> you'll definitely put things together and you'll be able to produce there. So, listen, Rusty, i got to get back to these lines, man. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. It was great to speak to you. You have a good night, my friend. You too, Joe. It's great speaking to you, man. All right, you have a good one. Listen, Rusty calling in with the fire. We're going to keep going to these lines again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Please call in. Everyone be patient. We're getting to everybody tonight. We're going to keep getting to these lines. A salute to all the savages in the chat, man. I, I just want to give everybody in the chat a big salute, man. A big salute, man. <laughs> Straight savage, man. I absolutely love the savages in the chat. Salute to everybody, you know, continuously going off. We'll come to you later on in the show. But, again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. We're taking all callers. Next call I'm going to, 848-848. You look like a new caller. Give me your name, where you're from, and give me your thoughts about C.J. Mosley. Uh, so my name is Max from Holden, New Jersey, and I think C.J. Mosley should be straight. I don't know. I just feel like he's so washed. Like, he played, like, two games as a Jet. That he, it was just such a waste of money. He's, I don't know why the Jets paid him that much huge money. When he's been, like, not on the field for two years, yeah. I think he's, he might do good this season, but I think the Jets should release him after this season. I think his contract's too big. Wow, okay. Well, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I've had Jets fans as well in the past call in and say the exact same thing. They were saying, hey, we paid this guy a ton of money. He has not played. He's played two games in two seasons. We're upset about the situation, upset about what he's bringing. But I'll tell you this, in this new scheme with this new coaching staff, and especially with Mosley's talent, if he's fully healthy, I expect him to really put things together. And if he does, if he comes out and looks like the C.J. Mosley that we saw against the Bills, this defense is going to be unbelievable especially with the other pieces that we have, a great pass rush, our defensive front really getting after people, and then Mosley able to be out there in coverage. And sometimes not in coverage, they'll probably send him as well. This defense is going to be phenomenal. So I understand where you're coming from, but could you see C.J. Mosley turning it around, especially if he's fully healthy this season? 
I think he had a nice turnaround because he's been, like, pretty good. Like, I'm just saying with the, I'm concerned about the injuries. If he gets injured again, oops, he's probably a waste of a contract. But if he plays really good, I would like to just throw mm-hmm. on if he actually plays really good, if he makes our defense really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see it. Now, I want to talk to you a little <laughs> bit about the other linebackers as well in this system, too. I know, you know, your feelings about C.J. Mosey, but what are your thoughts about Gerard Davis? Because there's people that I think Gerard Davis might Gerard be Davis linebacker. Like he never they'll get the most the, out of him going into this season because our coaching staff is very, very good and going to be able to coach him well. How do you feel about that? I think he's good because, you know, he was under Matthew I think he was a very bad coach. He was, he's never used Gerard Davis' strengths. So I think that with Robert Sala, he was able to play big Gerard Davis like a good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, listen, I, I respect that. I, you know, I think that here, I think Gerard Davis, if utilized correctly, and I think he will be, uh, the things that I've seen Sulla do, again, I, I've been forced to watch the Niners. The things that I've seen Sulla do with guys that people, you know, kind of cast it off and said, hey, would never really be good, I saw him really be able to put those guys in positions to make plays. And I think he'll be able to do the same thing out of Davis. I think we can expect, you know, some, some solid production out of this guy. So, Maxwell, this has been a phenomenal call. But my last question for you, my friend, is, what are your thoughts about – I'm going over to the offensive side of the ball. We talked a little bit earlier about Jets fans being patient with Zach Wilson. Do you believe that this fan base will be patient with him this upcoming season and just allow him to kind of go through the growing pains of being a young quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, I agree with you. I think Zach Wilson's going to be a really good quarterback. He's going to be a lot better than Sam Darnold. I always wanted the Jets to draft Zach Wilson. Sam Darnold was just so bad last year. Like, even though he had Adam Gase, he was so bad throwing interceptions. No wonder why Sam Dahl got traded. But I think Zach Wilson's a good quarterback. Elijah Moore. I've been wanting Elijah Moore. I think he's a very good wide receiver in football. Corey Davis can be a good receiver. Even though I wanted the Jets to sign Julio Jones because he can be a solidified number one receiver, I think our wide receiver core is very good, and Zach Wilson's going to be good. I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to be like Justin Harbour. I think he's going to be so good. But I'm not going to – I'm going to 20 passing touchdowns, 15 interceptions, that's my that's my mark. I'm not trying to be like Herbert. I'm not trying to be like Mayfield. I'm not trying to be like Aim Manning. I'm not trying to be high on mm-hmm. him. So I'm have my expectations in check. Yeah, yeah, I respect that. Listen, Max, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. I'm going to let you go, man, because we got a lot of callers on the line. But next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, my friend, all right? Okay. All right, you have a good one. Listen, we got new callers coming in again. I want to thank everybody that defines the program, calls in. You know, I love talking to everybody, especially new people that find the show. Please call in again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Please call in. Again, when you curse, again, when you call in, do not curse. Do not curse on my show. You know what I'm saying? I don't have that. I'll get you out of here fast. Faster than we got Adam <laughs> It was fast, man. That was a long two years, but we got his ass out of here as quickly as possible. And I couldn't be happier. You know what I'm saying? And, again, everyone, if you want to hit my super chat, please do my super chats right there. Uh, if you don't want to hit me in the super chat, you'd rather hit me in cash app, please hit me in the cash app. It's right at the bottom of the screen. All donations are appreciated. You know what I'm saying? Everything's free, but all donations are appreciated. I have a lot of people that, you know, talk to me about those different things. And, again, salute to all the savages in the chat. They're going off. You know what I'm saying? They're going off. But we're going to continue on with the show. We're going to get back to these lines. Again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. Next, I'm going to my guy. I think this is my guy, Mac. Mac, I think this is you. Salute to you. I want to thank you for calling in tonight, Mac. 
Mac, listen, give me your thoughts about C.J. Mosley, man. How are you feeling about him going into this season? Joe, it's good to talk to you again. I know we only spoke on Friday, but I heard you talking to C.J. Mosley, and I had to give you a call, man. <laughs> give me your thoughts, Every Mac. Dollar, you already know. Every dollar we have wasted on C.J. Mosley has been absolutely mm-hmm. worth it. Because him getting hurt helped us get rid of Adam Gaze a year no. or two earlier than we might have. <laughs> well, because we were going to win that game, Joe. We were going to win that game in Buffalo. Other than a great starting quarterback go out, I have never seen a team look so 100% different than I did after C.J. Mosley <laughs> went out of that game. He is huh? a stud. I don't care he didn't play last year. I was mad at the time, but it just dawned on me. He did us a great favor, Joe. (laughs) Mac Mac is crazy. Listen, listen, Mac. You know, look, I look at the situation like this. Here we go. I look at the situation like this, all right? Look, CJ went down with an injury. I think that we probably would have gotten rid of Adam Gaze because I don't give a damn who you would have had on defense. The fact that our offense was as bad as it was that season, and even, you know, the following season, it was even worse than it was the season before. Dude, he was gone. He was on his way out. The only thing that would have saved him was the idiocy of Chris Johnson and his inability to be able to say, look, I was wrong, everybody else was right, because I'm telling you, most Jets fans from day one were like, yo, this was – this is a bad idea. I was screaming that from the mountaintop. This was the worst idea that the Jets could have ever had, bringing Adam Gaze in here. So, you know, it was to me, it's unfortunate that TJ went down because what it did was it created a lot of doubt, particularly within the fan base. There was a lot of people saying, hey, we paid this guy, you know, a lot, a lot of money, and we haven't seen him do anything, especially when he opted out the next season, which, again, I've, I've never knocked him for. You know, players had to do what they had to do for them and their families, completely understand, but the the main sticking point for everybody was two and two. Two games, two years. That's all we've seen for a guy that we've played we paid out of the you know, the boatload for. You know, that that should not have happened and people have been screaming from the mountaintops to get rid of him. I've been hearing people talking about trading him and all kinds of things. But the big thing going into this year is this. He he seems to be ready, completely healthy. He's refreshed. He's talked about having that chip on his shoulder. We all know how motivating for players doubt is. When people doubt them or people doubt their abilities or people, you know, doubt what they could do out there on the field, for a lot of players, that gives them that extra drive to go out there and really stick it to people and perform at the highest level that, you know, they probably performed in their entire career. So Mosley has all that, and on top of it, he has a great coaching staff with Sulla and Jeff Albridge and these guys, you know, defensively that are going to understand what he brings to the table and understand how to utilize him correctly. So I understand, you know, you have your way of looking at it, Mac, but I'm excited about C.J. Mosley this season and what he's going to bring to the table. And so that brings me to my next point for you, Mac. My next question is this, man. We understand, you know, C.J., you're excited about him going into the season. I am as well. What are your thoughts about these other linebacker positions, though? I look at the situation with a guy like Cashman that everybody just kind of is ho-humming about, like, okay, yeah, he's going to be the guy that's going to start, you know, but he never really plays. He's often injured. He was injured a lot in college as well. He was, that was one of the issues with 
us drafting him, one of the things that I hit Mike McCagnon on was, hey, this guy missed a lot of time. He has shoulder injuries, all kinds of things. Do you think that this injury history will continue to follow him into this season? And if so, which one of these young linebackers do you think will be able to step up and take the reins if he does miss time? Hey, Joe, let's not call him Blake Cashman. Let's call him Broke Cashman, okay? He's never on the field. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Come on, Mac. Come on, Mac. You ain't got to call him. Well, he's talented, Mac. but he's always hurt, Joe. I mean, you, you know this yeah. to be true. Um, yeah, yeah. What I think, we got a stud defensive line. It's going to be very good, and I really want you to watch this kid from Arkansas. He, he, he's, he's not going to be in main rotation to start. But the six-round kid mm-hmm. we got from Arkansas was the only Arkansas kid drafted in the whole NFL draft. That's still an SEC, mm-hmm. SEC team, Joe, with a, lot of, mm-hmm. with a lot of homegrown talent. But back to your question, and I'll let somebody else get on we drafted all these hybrid outside guys. We're going to have a good defensive yep. line. Hopefully, hopefully, dear God, Mosley in the middle, who in half the game showed me what, a, what both a leader and a playmaker he is. Yep. And we're going to put these hybrid guys on the outside because, let's face it, in the NFL today, you've got to be able to cover tight ends and running backs or you're going to get eat up, ate up real quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's a big thing. As well, and that's why I want to talk about the linebacking quarter tonight. Because, like you said as well, listen, if you can't cover running backs coming out of the backfield, or you can't cover tight ends, which we historically, if you go back, we've struggled. Last season we struggled. Um, you know, seasons past we struggled to cover running backs coming out the backfield as well, pass catchers stuff like that. Then you're going to get cooked in the NFL. You're completely right there, Mac. But listen, Mac, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. You great call. You know, <laughs> you brought the fire, man. You have yourself a good night, my friend. Take care, Joe. All right, you have a good one. Listen, Matt calling in. Salute to Matt. You know, oh, man, what a night. What a night, man. Lots of laughs. What's the crazy stuff going on, man? Um, look, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm extremely excited. Again, this linebacker core, we'll see how things, uh, you know, pan out. You know, there's so many questions to be asked. Like I said, we talked a lot tonight about C.J. Mosley. We talked about Cashman, the weak side stuff. But I think that there are some, again, some younger guys we talked about tonight too. Hamza Nerzeldine, a guy that I'm extremely excited about, a hybrid guy that a lot of people, you know, when he was drafted, a lot of people were saying, hmm, what could, what could be done with him, you know, going into this scheme? How could Sulla utilize him? Uh, again, with Sherwood as well. Same questions, guys that are moving from one position over to the backer position. I think I'm telling you, those guys are going to be able to make plays, especially if Cashman goes down. Uh, and, you know, with all due respect to him, that, that probably is likely because we've seen him have a lot of injury history, a lot of injury issues, you know, since he's been drafted. He's missed time every season. We've seen it. So lots to talk about, man. Gerard Davis as well. Gerard Davis is a guy that I'm, I'm looking to see what he does too. You know, a lot of people saying, hey, he hasn't been utilized correctly yet within – his NFL career, he's coming here. He will be utilized correctly within this scheme, I'll tell you that. And I'm hyped to see what we do with Marcus May as well, man. This is a guy I really, really, really want us to sign and, you know, keep into the fold. 
Keep him here, man. We got to do what we can. I don't want to give him a blank check. I want to be very clear about that. Don't be tweeting me saying, oh, Joe, you think we should give him $20 million a season? I didn't say that. But I did say we should work out a solid deal that works for him or works for the team and keeps us, you know, in position to keep a team leader, keep a guy that's playing at a high level as well. Not just a guy, you know, that's great for the locker room, but the guy that's great for the team. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. Salutes to everybody. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on uh, Twitter as well at YoungJ000. That's YoungJ000. All right, go ahead and follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will troll you right back, all right? I will be right under that bridge with my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times, I'll have that Vera Tucker jersey on, all right? So you want to troll me? No issues. We'll go back and forth. You can also follow the show page on Twitter as well, at The Long Beach Joe. The Long Beach Joe on Twitter, all right? That's the show's page. We go back and forth all the time on there. We talk football. We talk all that stuff. I'm also on YouTube as well at Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. That's where you can catch the live broadcast of the show. You can catch the live stream. You know, we have a good time on there as well. We also game, too. We play all kinds of games. Resident Evil, uh, NBA 2K, Street Fighter, all kinds of stuff. We have a lot, a lot of good, uh, you know, fun, and, and we really kick it. And Again, there's Jets content up there as well. I make videos. We also do the live stream there, too, of the show, and we have a blast. You know what I'm saying? So, Go ahead, follow the show, subscribe, turn your uh, notifications on as well. Thumbs up all my videos. If you want to troll me in the comments, we can go back and forth on there as well. And as always, people, when you see me in person, all right, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone that will cost you absolutely nothing, all right? No matter what anybody tells you, the hugs will always remain free. I want to thank Bob Gage for coming on tonight from the OC Jets Fans Club. Anyone that's out there in Orange County visiting on business, anything, hit up the Orange County Jets Fan Club. Get in contact with Bob Gage and just have a good time with them out there, man. Go out there and enjoy yourselves with your brothers and sisters in green. So I want to thank everybody for watching and listening. You folks have a good one. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.